Hey everyone, and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Deuce, which is a new pilot from HBO. It's actually not starting until September 10th, however, uh, much like the night of last year, which is just kind of my frame of reference for them doing this, they, they put the first episode out on all their services early. Uh, you know, HBO Go, HBO Now, uh, so if you're a subscriber, you can catch it on there. And this is a new show from the creators of The Wire, which is maybe why... You, your ears should be perked up, you should be paying attention because the people who made The Wire are the ones behind this, the writers specifically, and the producers. Uh, it also has uh, James Frank and Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, so... Always know. helps. Yeah, it was but, funny actually, just as it was starting, it said 1973 and I thought, huh, that's... 71. That's... Oh, 71, sorry. Uh, and then I was like, huh, that's fine, but a lot of 70s stuff set recently. Uh and I was like, oh, even last year there was 60s, there was that, you know, 11, you know, 22, 63. Oh, wait a minute, that was James Franco. <laughs> um, so I just think it's funny. Maybe next year he'll be in an 80s set show. So he has to go through all the Also, amusingly, errors. I think period pieces are the best I've seen him do. Amusingly, yeah, I, I agree. Because he's good in 11, 22, and I think he's good in this. And yeah. honestly, a lot of his present day stuff, and, you know, I'm thinking like Spider-Man, movies for example are pretty rough even you know like when he's in apes good movie but it's not his best performance he's all right yeah, no, but yeah he's, he's not, all right but yeah. like, i think he does a much better performance in things like you know the, these two period pieces that we've been talking about here yeah i mean that's what i'd argue it's maybe because he can be more animated because he's this sort of like he's more of a character here whereas 11 22 63 he was more kind of normal but like yeah. that, uh, arguably there was no difference to that that role than there would be a present day role whereas at least this one it feels very 70s and gritty and all mm. the rest of it so anyway so this is the first episode so obviously we're going to start off spoiler free and we will give you warning somewhere in the middle uh, before we go into spoilers and that's how we're going to do this so what what is the juice uh, is a really good question and I'm saying the deuce not, not juice which I sometimes sounds like I'm saying uh, it's that stupid accent of his pr- probably is yes um, but what is it? Well, funny enough, I know more about what the overall show is about, more from... There's some hints in this first episode, but it doesn't actually cut right to the meat. It it sort of sets up the world that the story's going to take place in before it gets to it. Yeah, without like looking at outside knowledge, after watching just the episode, I don't know what I could tell you, if I could tell you what the show is going to be. There's definitely hints, though. If you're paying attention, there's hints of the the, the ideas are sparking in certain heads. You can kind of see but, uh, If you know what they yeah. are. But, uh, so no, it's going to be about, basically, uh, the porn industry uh, in New York in the 70s. But we start off with sex workers. We start off with prostitution. A lot of this episode's about prostitutes and the other characters who maybe will become the, the makers of what these, these porn movies and stuff are going to be. So... But what this this episode very much was was setting up all the characters. It's it's not rushing to the the point of the show. It's here's the world. Here's the characters. And if there's one thing that uh, the wire was really good about, it was going at a really, really consistent pace, and it really let all the characters speak and breathe in all of their scenes, and really let them grow and be be fully fledged people with all these different. You know, yes, I mean even the good guys have flaws. The bad guys have some good qualities. There, there's you know, shades of grey, and it's very complex, and they feel well-rounded. Uh, but we've got to, and a very expensive-looking show set in the seventies, and I this looks expensive as hell. Yeah, yeah, when, it does. When they're out in the streets of New York, and it looks like the seventies, and there's crowds of people, and like 
everything looks you know appropriate to the the era to the, the time period i'm like man they spent money on this this yeah. and with good reason like you know hbo like i mean they had a couple of shows before the wire but the wires critically speaking like they're one of their biggest hits ever yeah i think it's that's kind of what got them their reputation yeah to like, now well, you you say oh it's a hbo show and there's an expectation i think that, that kind of started with the wire well not really it started with sopranos well sopranos six feet under then the wire i suppose um not suppose it just is. well I, I just mean this is you know there's the stuff first but you know like, like when it's a reputation once you're doing it more than once isn't it it's not a reputation if you do it once oh sure sure but i, I just for all i mean i've never actually watched the sopranos but for a lot of people sopranos is still the first thing they think of when they think hbo so i'm going oh, to well, I'm, that's fair. so i'm going to dispute you and you're saying it's the wire you think i mean for me yeah the wire is one of the first things i think of when i think hbo um unfortunately not long after that they started doing things like true blood which i don't care for uh as much yeah and 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 this stupid bastard doesn't like game of thrones either so i do not game of thrones bores the crap out of me whereas this first episode of this show i thought was far more fascinating and interesting than anything i've seen of game of thrones in the season and a half that i watched of it i'm not sure i'd go quite that far but it's very good (laughs) You liked it though. That's good. I, did, uh, I, I did like f- it. Yeah, I don't have to I'm fight not... you on it. That's good yeah. then, because I might fight you on whether I prefer it over Game of Thrones. But oh no, this this Game of Thrones is too dull. And like, I mean, I know there's eventually dragons, and there's eventually winter, and I mean eventually. Get how many seasons did it take them before there was winter? Five, maybe six. <laughs> Aye. Yeah, whereas, as much as we, there was no porn making in the first episode of this, I'm pretty sure we're going to get to it in this first season, <laughs> right? That that's fair, right? I, I'm just I'm making that point, uh, but no, I, I like this a lot. I, I thought the it, again, it's very deliberate pacing, and each scene kind of breathes on its own. It does have some of the one of the first things that really struck me with the wire when I watched it was it took me a little while to get used to some of the the accents and the slang and the you know the the you know the, the sort of the, the local dialect that a lot of the characters used you know there was a lot of characters you know it's all these drug dealers in baltimore and they're all speaking in thick thick slang and you know for a little while it was kind of hard like you got the gist of what they were saying but sometimes they'd speak so quick you know they'd almost mumble it at times and it was hard to get a hold of and people said that about sean being in game of thrones i don't remember i don't remember enough to if i agree <laughs> with that or not um, but like here, there was a couple of scenes like that. Uh, there's one scene in particular uh, at the bus station with uh, two pimps talking to each other, and there was yeah, there was, there was the odd line where I was like, I didn't quite catch every word of what they just said because yeah, I think I was like to say they were speaking quite low to each other, and yeah. it was a it was a busy bus station. There was a lot of bustle yeah, and noise yeah. around. Yeah, um, but I mean, again, it's it's the sort of thing you very quickly adapt to it because they are still speaking English. It's just. It just takes a little bit to get the, the intricacies of what of how they say things, yeah. uh, but you quickly sort of latch on to what the phrase. Even even if I can't remember what one of the phrases were, but you quickly like no, you get it in context. You get what right. certain things mean in context. So, uh, so there's a little bit of that. Although there's a lot more of a mix of characters on this show. There's a very different wide variety uh, of, of people. They have. We have characters who are sort of long-term prostitutes. Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, for example. We have new prostitutes who are just sort of starting to become prostitutes. We have pimps. Uh, we do have a couple of cop characters. We have uh, James Franco's characters. He plays twin brothers. Uh, 
Uh, so he's got two roles in this, and one's a like sort of gambler who has a lot. Of, he's a, he's in, he owes a lot of people money, and like people are constantly looking for him. He's a bit of a uh, a waste of space. He's cocky about it, but he's kind of like, he's that type of character. Yeah. Uh, and then the other, who's the closest thing I'd say we have to a main character. I mean, it's pretty ensemble but yeah. But if you had to select a lead, yeah, it would be this one. But he's like a bartender who's trying. He's he's having some marriage troubles. He's a bartender. He's trying to make things part of because he keeps getting mistaken for his he's you know deadbeat brother who owes people money. Uh, but he's you know he's, he's trying to try to make his own way in the world and his own things right now. So he's a big character. Uh, we have a college student uh, who's who's going to be play a big part of the whole thing. Uh, how she fits into like is she going to be involved in the porn as as an actress? Is she going to be doing something else with them because they, they kind of meet eventually in the episode like it's, it's given, given given what she's studying you know like okay she's a college student she's yeah. studying english literature and it, she, I, I, she she writes the scripts you think she writes the scripts okay i do i'll, I'll, I'll accept that guess that's pretty good uh what how and how deep she wants the scripts to be like, she's going to flex her writing muscles but to be fair uh, and, and they kind of go yeah dial it back just a little bit well that's the thing though like porn at this time was actually more plot focused well, yeah as i said they'll dial it back yeah. a little bit like, we, we need a bit more sex you know, they'll let her do some stuff. This was back in the era, when, and I mean, funnily enough, this was before internet when people just couldn't watch it at home. But this was back when people actually went to theatres to watch porn, so they they almost felt like they had to actually give it a story. And like, right, yeah. they had to do something. With it. Yeah, sure, the raunchy sex scenes are there, but they need more, you know, like deep throat and whatever other, you know, I, I don't know many classic porn titles, but I know that's one of them. Um, so, you know. Uh, so this is where this show's going, and I th- I think what this episode does is it really sets up all the characters. Like it makes them all fully fledged people. Like I said, like all of our main characters, um, like I understand to a point already. Like I feel like I I'm kind of in their heads. Most of the main ones. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and then the whole idea of like the seeds being planted, so that the idea to do this feels very natural, uh, is there. Like the, the, just the simple idea of like. It, it all it is in this episode. I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but it basically has the idea. Oh, we'll put the the, the wait. He was in the, in his bartending job. Oh, we'll put the waitresses in skimpy outfits and like have some of them outside to attract people into the place. So he, he's, you know, he's objectifying the, the 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 woman who worked there for financial gain. And, know, the, and it and it works. You know, it, like it says, yeah, it works, you know, it's yeah. the most they've ever earned in, in tips. So it, it benefits them and him. So right away, you, you have this seed of an idea. Um, yeah. And then obviously you have the prostitution that's everywhere, so you can see how they're going to meld them together. Maybe even part of the idea will be, oh, this is maybe safer than being a prostitute. Yeah, it's a controlled environment because, yeah. like say, the, the, one of the, the plots is about you know like how how safe are are they? Or one of them gets beaten during it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like you know like maybe, maybe this is safer to you know we can control the environment and you know you don't have to go out and meet all these people. Yeah, in a weird way, as much as he's, he's still doing something that you know objectifies them. Although, arguably, less... I mean, I mean, porn's ob- objectifying to a, a degree, but I'd almost argue making your waitress who's on a regular job do that is actually more... You know, just wear the skimpy outfit is more objectifying I, I guess in the sense itself, that because, when, when they sign for porn, they know what they get. Yeah, they, they sign like up for it, That's, yeah. like, clearly explicit in, in what you're doing, whereas waitress yeah, yeah, exactly. is not necessarily the, the, expected. The choice is made, whereas if you sign up for a regular job and then you're told, no, sex appeal, wear something skimpy, you know, that's actually, like, no, wait, you're hitting me with something that yeah. I should not be doing. 
uh, kind of idea. But you know, so he can almost say like, "I'm offering the prostitutes a, a, a legit way out." Like, and again, I'm just kind of assuming that Vincent, who which is Frankie, James Frank, Frankie, uh, J- Frankie's the other characters there. I still there, there is a reason. There's, he, he did that there's a reason why it, I yeah. said that. But uh, James Frankel is there's a reason why his character. Like, I, I just assume it's him that's going to be the 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 lead, the driving he, force. The... He's clearly the you know the the businessman. He's the one who's aspiring to be he, better. He's the businessman. He feels like he's at the center of the story, and he's the only one that's not already got something that feels like their thing. Like everyone else, that they're already sort of like the pimps are the pimps, the prostitutes are the prostitutes, the cops the cops, the college student. Like, for her as well, to a degree, feels that she's ready to do something different. That maybe she's not happy with her life, and you can kind of see how that the, they might pair up and they'll maybe start yeah. something. So, no, um. So obviously the performances are very good, pretty much from top to bottom. Yeah, I can't think of any bad ones. No, uh, all very good. Uh, the only the only time I questioned something, and this is even a performance thing, this is more of a, a wardrobe uh, and hair thing, is CC. What are the, probably the one of the main pimps that we we'll encounter when he, I first saw his hair, I thought, mm, <laughs> is it, it looks almost a bit of a dodgy wig uh, to me, and honestly i think it's just a 70s hairstyle looking a bit funky to me i think that's all it is yeah uh, probably. but then he had a cane and he was really over the top and at first i thought oh this is maybe a bit too wacky and then i thought no but he's meant to be a pimp he's meant to be like he's, he's playing me- it up isn't he? he's, he's meant to have he's- tacky taste like he's he's supposed to have like the gaudy car that look you know like yeah as much as the prostitutes impressed he's got a cadillac it's like no nah, but you know a bit a bit tacky yeah you don't, you don't, you don't typically think of pimps as Having like a taste, yeah, any taste, yeah. fair, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So no, so that, that was like the one thing. That, but the performance was great from everyone uh, yeah. across the board. For, I mean, Franco's playing two characters. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal's a fantastic actress. She always has been, and and she might as well be playing two characters. In you know that she has these multiple sides. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because she's you know she's a prostitute, but she also has a sort of regular life as well during the day, as it were. And she it's, it's almost like a superhero, <laughs> a secret identity. Although yeah. it's not that secret, but uh, like so, she she's doing that. Um, I I will say obviously it's a HBO show. Uh, we have the subject of sex as a main theme of the show. Uh, the uses of sex for um, uh, for obviously the porn. I'm just trying to think of a commercial way of saying prostitution you know like for commerce or as product sex as product right yeah that's the main theme of the show um so obviously there's a lot of nudity uh it's very like there's there's sex scenes there's nudity uh including full frontal male uh the only thing that surprised me though and i said this to you actually after i watched it because just because i don't think i've ever seen it before in a, a tv show someone might uh, point me to something that i've not seen that's it's happened in but you actually see characters holding like a penis like actually holding it like touching the other person's genitals, which I feel like I've never seen in a TV show before. No, like I said, because you, you think about it, obviously the image you always think of is, you know, on the, on the outside of the pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah the hand like, over that, the, yeah. Yeah, but that's it. Like, oh, yeah, and that's easily fake. You know, shove some right, socks down course. there, let them grab of that. Course. Easy. Uh, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't recall ever seeing it. Yeah, and it happens multiple times as well. Like, so they're really setting the tone. Like, no, we're not going to shy away from the the stuff, and and it doesn't feel gratuitous because 
it feels like no no the whole part of this is that you're meant to feel seedy like that's the thing you're on these streets in New York and you're seeing all these prostitutes and and a big part, a big theme of this first episode certainly the the illusion that it's actually kind of glamorous that you know when you recruit a prostitute oh you get anything you want it's good money and it's all this glamour and you get you all this stuff and it's all this fancy things. But then as the episode goes on, you're like, you're assuming that you're going to see what it's really like. The actual reality of it is much darker and depressing and and seedy and uh, par- parasitical. Is that even a word? Um, yes, yes, it is. Is it? Okay, cool. Hey, nailed that. Good for you. Um, like, you know, but that's how it feels. Like, and obviously by the end, there is hints that, okay, this is actually dangerous. It's, you know, it's not a pleasant life. And, and I think most people don't think it is a pleasant lifestyle, but, it, you know, it's presented it's just, as It's such. just showing, yeah. And and I think it's, like you say, it's a HBO show, so there's kind of an expectation of it mm. anyway, you know, having all this nudity. And sometimes I get, you can kind of go, okay, what's this doing to benefit it other than it's HBO so we can? Oh, absolutely. There are some HBO shows where I legitimately think they just put it in because they feel like they have to have some nudity because it's a HBO show. Whereas right. here it's, no, no, this is actually what the show's about. Like, right, so. exactly. It's the entire subject matter of the show. It would... The, it, it, yeah, would, the, it would feel weird if you didn't have it, I think. The entire point of the show is how do people treat sex in a number of different ways? How does it make them feel? Uh, and not just the actual act of sex, because obviously it's right. just obvious. And if you're, if you're just hiding it, then yeah. it kind of feels cheap in that yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, how, how is it used? How is it manipulated? How is it sold? How is it, all these things? Like, it's, it's all a part of what the show is. And if, if, it, if you didn't get the harsh reality, and that's kind of the thing, it's like, oh, it seems all glamorous, and then it's like, oh, no, that's really fat guy who isn't like, appealing is on top of her like like if you didn't see the harshness of that would it sell quite as well to us as the audience would it work right. uh so and that and that effort and and that's not to say that like but, i mean it almost feels like they've got a license to do it as much as they want because it is kind of written into the themes of the shows and maybe that's fine um so i, I can't really predict right now what will it ever feel like they've went a step too far i don't know maybe it will maybe no, because obviously in this first episode you kind of expect you know really go in your face with no, this is what it is, this is what it's about. It's just really case by case, like that does because I, I think the first episode has to have a lot of it because the first episode has to really sort of give you the the blanket statement of this is what this show is, this is what the themes are, this is what we're playing with, right. this is how it's going to feel. But you know, if if they're doing like this every other scene in episode seven, maybe it's too much. Yeah, yeah. but but again, it, it by doing it now, it's like. This is what you're signing up for. Oh, you're absolutely. seeing this now, and this is presumably this is kind of almost this is at its worst. So it's like if you're not okay with this, how it is here, maybe don't watch. Yeah, and in each, at least from the top of my thinking, just try to think of each one. Each one served a purpose in terms of telling us something, either about a character or about the world. Like agreed. You know, I'm thinking of each one. Like, I'm thinking of one like with a college student early on. And that's like, no, this is more of a normal sexual encounter. I mean, there's hints that she's got, like, a weird view on sex, but otherwise it's a normal sexual encounter. Can I show you how kind of normal and... Yeah, it's it's the way of contrasting of, you know, what it is in, you know, the regular world compared to in the world of prostitution. Yeah. When, when I mean, you see it, it's like, it's very... And it, again, it, it varies. Like, there's times where it feels really grimy, but then there's other times where it feels almost clinical. Yeah. Um, because the prostitute's being safe and she's got rules and she's doing things, right. and you wouldn't do that with a partner because you wouldn't worry about the rules because you you know you, you presumably if you're in a relationship you're not worried about STDs because you're both in a relationship and you already know you don't have them so you're fine like there's a, there's a comfort there uh, as yeah. opposed to this and uh, there's a scene in particular with a, a young kid 
I don't know, I shouldn't say kid, but you know, someone who's just of age, like someone who's just well, yeah, his no, birthday. It was, it was his birthday, yeah, yeah, exactly. But he looks really young, and he goes to a prostitute, and that entire whole sequence was deeply uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, you really feel his weird excitement slash like uncomfort of the the whole thing, the whole experience. It really yeah. seeps through, and uh, and again, and- even from Candy, the prostitute's perspective, you feel this weird. Oh, that's kind of sweet, and I'm sorry for him, and like, you know, but, but this nice is the reality. Him. And and again, to go back to you know the the point of the the nudity being here, in it, like that scene, it's like it's it's completely vital because if you kind of take it away and edit it and you know censor it away from it, it's mm. it hides the point of the scene kind of because the whole point is you know this is the reality, this is it up front, you know, there's no getting away from it, it's just how it is. Yeah, yeah, because you know, he has his hand on her breast, and it's it's very. It's very uncomfortable to watch, and not because and it it shouldn't necessarily be. But it's, it's uncomfortable because he's uncomfortable. Yeah, he's uncomfortable. With the situation and and like it's funny that I can almost just think in my head like how this scene in particular on set because he is like you know either he's eighteen or maybe the actor's maybe slightly older, but he he looks that young. And Maggie yeah, Gyllenhaal can't be more than like twenty twenty one at most. Yeah, and Maggie Gyllenhaal's middle age, and I just wonder what, what, how this felt on set. Like, and I'm sure they were giggling between takes, and there were plus she's Maggie Gyllenhaal, so he'll be like, oh yeah, I'm sure he's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's having the time of his life. Exactly. But I'm just saying on set, it does this feel weird? Does this feel awkward from and from both yeah. points of view? Like, so I mean, you can joke about oh, it's Maggie Gyllenhaal, I should be excited, but like, there's another thing when you're sitting in front of a camera crew and there's lights pointing at you. Yeah, right, exactly. And like, oh, you're not actually supposed to enjoy this. You're just this is this is work. You're in character. And, and to go into the you know, what the point of the scene is is like this is your job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so not his job. He, he's the customer. He's the no, 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 no. But yeah, you know, it, 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 yeah. Like the whole point is, yeah. it's a job. It's not. It's not for enjoyment. It's just you know, this is just what you do. Exactly, and then and that's how she has to treat it. That's how she has to. She's running a business, and yeah. you know, so the whole, 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 whole those things. So I think with that, uh, so obviously it's very good. It it sets up a, a lot of things, uh, mainly character focused. This first episode, but all of it's very strong. So I think with yeah. that, we'll go into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, full spoilers from this point on for the Deuce. So, um. Where to begin? What what character would you like to start with? Because I feel like the characters all kind of split up into their own. They do for the most part. Um, do you want to start with Franco? Obviously, you know he's kind of like we said. He's yeah. kind of like the the close thing we have to a lead. It makes sense to start with him. Yeah. So Vincent is the main brother. Frankie being the other one. Uh, and but the main one, I mean, well, here we see more of him. We see a lot more of Vincent than we do Frankie. Vincent's the one who's the bartender. He's married. He's got kids. He's the one who's going to have the big ideas, seemingly. Uh, whereas Frankie is the gambler, and we see him a few times, but not a super amount. Uh, and the o- he's in the opening scene, and the opening scene sets right up that he, while he obviously throughout the episode he has these ideas, and okay, he's not exactly a boy scout. In the opening scene, it sets up like he's not an asshole though. There is a there is a there's a, a least, there's a level of goodness to him because. You know the, the other woman who works with them is like, oh, I'll take the you know, they've got the, the day's earnings to deposit, and there's like a bank across the street. They just you know it's what just a you know a, a like a slot. You just put it in and that's yeah. it. It's just deposited. One of those hole in the wall, I guess, uh, to call it something. And she's like, oh, I'll take it over. And he said, no, 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 I'll get it. You just go home. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, he's worried that it's dangerous. You immediately get that, and of course, he goes over, and this this car pulls up, and he actually rushes over and puts it in before they get to him. So he's like, "Well, it's in the bank now. I can't, unless you want me to break it at the bank." Like it was a it was a bold move, really, when you think about it. It it was bold, and he gets you know he gets 
uh, some hits uh, for his trouble. Uh, and he ends up wearing a bandage over his uh, his head for the rest. Well, not bandage, more of a big... Uh, well, it's kind of a bandage. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a big square bandage. Um, but it's actually really useful because it tells us which brother we're looking at for the rest of the episode, just in case we're working just, It's just a clear visual signifier. It's like, he's got a cut on his head. That's yeah. that one. And I think for the first episode, it's important because obviously once we we're on, we understand how the characters are different in terms of how they interact, how they speak, their mannerisms, it will be okay for us. But I think for the first episode, it's really nice. It's basically the uh, the cheat sheet. So like, okay, we know what brother it is because he's got the right. I think it's especially important seeing as you know we don't see the other one very much. So mm. when we do see him, it's like oh okay, there's no confusion. We're not if we were jumping around a lot between them i think it'd actually be easier because we'd have a grasp on them individually quicker yeah sure because the first time it cuts to uh, the other brother uh, to uh, frankie he, he he's just swaggering down the street but even his swagger feels a little bit different like he's just he's a bit more full of himself he's all, all these things so yeah so basically he he has this uh, problem with his wife. He goes home and his wife's not there. His, his mother-in-law's there who's been looking after the kids and that happens a couple of times. And we see that he's not perfect because he seems to be initiating an affair with uh, a co-worker uh, with a redhead. Because I can't remember her name, so she's the redhead, just for point of reference. That's all I had as well. Um, yeah, and you're ginger, so that makes it okay. Uh, so... He has this problem and eventually he gets pissed off and he goes to this bar where she is. And he, he storms in and she's with these guys. She's just playing pool, admittedly, but, you know, it feels kind of like she's there, she's not home, she's seemingly constantly not home, and she's drunk. And when he tries to take her away, these guys interfere, and he basically has to back down, like, because he kind of he kind of yeah. just he realises he can't win this. The guy's not alone for a start, but he's also quite intimidating. So he's a big he just, guy. He backs down, um, and again, it felt like, once again, the world is shitting on him. Kind of like it has been all episode. Like, you know, because he, he's, he's meant to be on a date with his wife this night, and he, he actually loses his job over it because he was meant to have this night off, and he's asshole boss, because he's working two jobs. There's the one where it's the, the fancier, uh, is it a Korean restaurant? Yes. Uh, he works a bartender there, but he also works at this bar. And he's at this bar, and he's told, no, if you leave now, you're fired, because it's busier than I was expecting it, so you need to stay. And he just walks out. So he's, he's having a really shit time of it, right? Mm. Getting beat up, all these things. And him having to walk out of that that uh, that bar uh, from his wife, it just it was this final straw. It was like he doesn't control anything in his life. He is he is desperate to control things. He is desperate to actually take his life into his own hands and actually have a say in what's going on. Everything is just kind of crumbling around him. Uh, and actually, to his credit, he goes home and immediately starts packing. He leaves. He just he goes and he ends yeah. up in a on a sort of sleazy motel that all the prostitutes use which you know gets him in that sort of vicinity he's on yeah it's, it's how he's connected to the rest of them because he mentions that he, he's, his two jobs are on opposite sides of the river so he's constantly going back and forth so he's like no i'm just going to live in that side because that's where the, the job i've still got is so he just he goes and lives there um interesting his wife i recognize there's a lot of faces in this i recognize from various things his wife was in a movie last year called monster which i actually quite liked it was a it was a horror movie I didn't uh, see it. Or The Monster, I think. Uh, not to confuse it with the, the Charlie Theron movie from, uh, like, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. We'd really get confused when you said last year. Just, uh, there's another <laughs> movie, right? Because, hey, I always have to specify when I mention The Room or Room, which one it is, because you, it's very different films. Uh, that's fair. Very different. That's fair. So, so that's it. That sets him up, and he, like... And again, like these guys come and t- come come to the bar and like talk to him about his brother. It's like, yeah, your brother's kind of skipping out on us, so we're basically coming to you for his debt. 
And it's like, you know, again, this trouble's coming to his doorstep. And he's actually, it's like, I didn't think this scene was going to go the way it did. Because he actually basically just says, look, I can afford this per week, right? I'm willing to play ball. So, you know, go back and tell your boss, this is what's, this is what's possible. I'm telling you what I can physically do. I'm willing to yeah, actually don't, do this. Don't, don't, don't be a dick about it. Look, it's like, this isn't my debt. I'm doing what I can. Yeah, I'll pay the original money. Screw the interest. It's not my fault he's an asshole. I'm willing to play ball to a point. Uh, and he actually is, he's, the guys can understand, he's like, okay, I'll go back to my bosses and see what they say, and so on, and it, you know, it, it goes relatively well, and again, it's this idea that he's actually quite good at talking to people, he's good at dealing, he's, he's a good businessman, yeah, with these situations, he, he does this, so yeah, um, and sure enough, later on, he has the girls outside, and they're doing this, and it, it packs the place out, because there's a scene in the middle where the, the owner's like, oh, we're going to have to shut in like a month, because, you know, everything's always dead, no one wants Korean food, Apparently, although that's quite popular these days, I think it is, isn't it? But I think yeah. that's kind of the the joke, kind of the joke. Yeah, seventies yeah. people weren't into it yet. But so yeah, so so we get this quick picture, and even at the end of the the episode, or towards the end of the episode, he he, he does have this this meeting with his wife, and she's basically apologising, like, look, it's not that you haven't cheated me as well. And it's, it's kind of you get the idea that they're both kind of guilty of doing the same thing to yeah. a point. Uh, but maybe the difference is though is he still was willing to try and make time to actually still have parts of a marriage. Where she was basically just given up, seemingly. Yeah, but but again, it's establishing you know this guy's not perfect as much as he's kind yeah. of a hero, so to speak. Yeah, so that's a strong word for it. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah, but, yeah, he, he's he's not necessarily the best person. Yeah, he, yeah, he's got his moral lines certainly, but he's not like squeaky clean. He he does things that you know people do not approve of. And but the thing is, is here in the scene, she's like, no, come home, you know, you're living in that strip at Mattel, come back to us, all the rest of it. And I keep saying motels, hotels, motels on the on the road. <laughs> um, but he and he basically says no, and like and I think it's a big thing for his character because he's he's deciding to take it into his own hands. He wants to actually do something with his life that's just his and actually control it. And uh, he he kind of is making that choice. He's making that choice to break clean. Yeah. Uh, not quite breaking bad, but it's kind of a similar idea almost the way. He's yeah, yeah, I want to path. break out and be independent. Yeah, which yeah. again ties in with Candy very nicely. And yeah, and t- and to be fair, he uh, yeah, it's, it's actually almost like not not he's becoming a prostitute, but just the idea that he doesn't want to deal with the sort of the system that he's put up around himself. Right. Yeah. Because um, that's a, that's a big thing for Candy, where you know she says how. Yeah, it's it's more work because she's doing this on her own. She's independent. She yeah, doesn't she's, have a pimp. She doesn't have a pimp. Yeah, all the other girls will have pimps, and they of course take cuts and sort of manage right. it and pay and them. And she's like, yeah, it's more work. There's more risk, but she's got that control. Yeah, right. It parallels nicely with that stuff, and obviously the idea pays off with the the waitresses, and you can kind of see it form in his head that he's starting to think about ideas that he's, this is maybe going to lead to the you know the idea to get into the porn business yeah. and. Uh, I don't know if it's illegal about porn. I mean, the way it can be done illegally, sure, but we don't know how he's going to achieve it yet. I mean, we'll see what path we go down. Right, we, we, we can't predict that just yet. But given that he's a good businessman, even if it's illegal, it won't be... Like, it'll be, like, high-collar illegal, not... It'll feel legitimate, even if it's not necessarily legitimate. Yeah, if it's if it's illegal, it'll be because he's, he's not... You know, it'll be more like fraud than just a simple like misunderstanding of what the red tape is. He'll know exactly what he's doing. It'll just be the choice will be to cut corners for various reasons, yeah. probably economic, I imagine. 
it's the usual reason, isn't it? But but then maybe not. Maybe it'll be completely legit in the eyes of the law. But I can certainly see controversy arising from it. Uh, but no, so it sets him up very well in that sense. Uh, so at the end of the episode, when he meets, uh, I'm just still learning the names, Abby, who's a college student, and we'll talk about her in a minute and her side of the story. Like, it feels like this meeting of minds, like, you know, this is maybe the spark of where things are going to go. Yeah, they, they really kind of challenge each other in that scene. Yeah, I think what's interesting is something, talking about parallels, uh, when she first was up at the barn, she's there with the cop that came with her, and the cop kind of forced her into a date. It was kind of like... Oh, it's like I, I won't arrest you if 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 you come with me for a drink. Yeah, and never even in that sense, but it's just the implication. It, it, yeah. yeah, the implications there. Exactly. She knows it. She goes along with it. Yeah, but she ends up hitting off with him, like the bartender, with, with Vincent, and they they start talking about literature and whatever else. Like you know, they're talking about what she does and what she what she learns, what she studies, and all that. And they're hitting off so well that the the redhead that he's kind of having an affair with is like over. And the car, you can see her watching. She's not very yeah. pleased that he's, he's he seems to be hitting it off so well with this girl. Uh, and I think that parallels nicely with one of the the plots of the prostitutes. Uh, you know, obviously Laurie's the main sort of new girl who's like uh, picked up by CC, and he's you know he's one of the main pimps, and he's uh, and at first it's like he's going to trick her into this life, but she actually it, it becomes apparent fairly early on that she's already kind of in this life, and she's actually yeah, she she's kind of like she goes she knows exactly what's going on. She's, yeah. she's like, yeah, okay, I'm down for this. This is this is what I wanted. You're just, again, this is the system here. Like, like Candy being independent is mm. is the outlier. Everyone else goes through the pims. This is just the system. They all play with it, and she's just going, all right, that's the system. That's fine. And it's funny actually. See when they're talking to each other on the street, and they're like, oh, who are you with? It almost sounds like actors talking about their agents. Oh, what agency are you with? Yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Uh, but where was I going? You. you Made me lose my train of thought. Uh, so Laurie, Laurie, uh, Laurie's with Cece, but there's like this other girl who the Cece has, this other prostitute, who when he, she sees him interviewing her, uh, to call, you know to call it that, they're at breakfast, but that's basically what it is, and she's getting jealous, she's unhappy, and she she sort of like almost forces attention out of him. She's like, no, give me attention, and he kind of tries to like sort of dampen her. Like worries, but like, oh yeah, we'll tonight. You know, I'll you know we'll we'll have sex and I'll treat you like a queen and uh, you know I'll make you feel better tonight. And but you can sort the whole episode. She looks like she's unhappy. She's never yeah. pleased with what's going on. So again, just another par- parallel to uh, between plots and between characters and showing that some things are kind of similar, even if they're, they're so different otherwise. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of so. I, I guess we'll, we'll talk about uh, CC and by extension Laurie. Yeah. And the other girl, because we kind of just sort of bled into that. So yeah, we have this whole scene with Cece and this other pimper sitting at the bus station, waiting for people who arrive, and kind of looking for, A, obviously, pretty girls. There's even some talk about how, oh, we have to pick the girls that appeal to our clientele. Yeah, not just the ones that they like the look of. Yeah, so so they're, they're going for basically the skinny white girls, is basically the, the, the conclusion of the conversation. And then, lo and behold, Laurie uh, shows up, and she, played by the actress who played Amy, uh, Emily Mead, her name is uh, on leftovers, which you know we've been working through. Uh, it's 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 the reason I remember her name as Laurie so well is because it's like she's the one from leftovers, and there's a Laurie in leftovers. Yeah, spelled differently though. To be fair, well, I didn't know that. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just L O R I is the, the spelling of this character. But she, uh, like, yeah. So I would say she, she's she's taken for breakfast. He, and then later on, we see her with the other girls, and she's like, you know, she even says something. And we, we know that she's already done this in the past because she says, "Oh, I need a pimp. Or if, if, I, if I don't have a pimp, I get lazy." 
Like she needs that. Yeah, discipline. yeah. And, and when when they get there, they're like, oh, I can tell you're new, you know. And she goes, uh, and they're like, oh, you, you know, you've been around the block. And she's like, eh, not this block. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's this it isn't new. It's just new here. Exactly. Yeah. So she, she's not actually as, as fresh a face as maybe what he was thinking. Uh, but lucky for him, she's in the market. So right, it's 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 easier for him. But again, this, this is where I'm talking about how it all feels glamorous at this point. Like, oh, come to the big city, yeah, I'll take care of you. You get so, like when when they go to that, you know, like diner where mm. you know where you know where he takes her for breakfast. There's, it's it's clearly a, a pimp place. Like there are all the pimps there with with with, a, with all the girls and you know like here's your gifts for this week sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's a very this system. But here's all the spoils of what this life is, and yeah, this all... is this is it at its best. Yeah. And of course, there's other scenes with other characters as well that kind of show the darker side of it. But obviously, that, that, this plot directly gives us the ending of the yeah. episode, which is the darkest it gets all episode. Because you know this, uh, and I, I, sorry that I'm forgetting the name of this other prostitute that uh, is sort of the CC's original girl, we'll call her. Uh, there's so many characters in this, and the the names in IMDb are not very easy to quickly glance at yet because they're all some of them don't even have character names on here yet. Uh, so. She, she's unhappy all episode and she's like nagging and then eventually toward near the end of the episode she comes in one night and he's like oh why are you not out in the street uh, doing your thing you know making me money and again he, he's a this is the thing about CC. he never has shown himself to be angry he's always sweet talking them he's always treating them like they're queens he's always talking that way to them yeah. I mean he's getting what he wants but he's always being like very appreciative and gentlemanly if, if you just looked at it publicly he looks like a, an upstanding gentleman who treats them perfectly lovely yeah, I would say that. Well, he's still thinking he's a pimp because he's got a cane. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to mistake that, but he he seems to he treats them well enough. He talks to them nicely. You know, yeah, he seems yeah. like a decent guy. And it's funny though, like during like she comes in, she's like, "Oh no, I, I I've got like a headache or something." Like she says tonight, yeah. I don't feel it was, like it. It's raining. Yeah, it's raining. Uh, can we not just go somewhere and do something, kind of thing? That's that's what she says to him. And again, he's playing it very nice, and he's like, "Oh, we'll go somewhere and we'll talk about it." And it's very calm. It's very again, he's sweet talking. But I actually had the thought, like, I feel like there's going to be, like, can a prostitute just go to her pimp and say, I didn't feel like working tonight? It doesn't, you know, much like a lot of organised crime, it feels very good and well until you realise that you can't quit because you're kind of, you know, dominated by this this uh, violent figure. And we see examples of other pimps being protective of the girls. Like, if one of the clients, one of the clientele hits a girl, they'll go and protect them. They'll go and beat the shit out of them. Like, they'll want to do that because... But again, it's very like you know you're, you're their property almost. It right, kind of it's protecting their investments. Yeah, ra- rather than because they actually care about them as human beings, and maybe that'll vary from pimp to pimp. Like maybe maybe there is like maybe the pimp in this episode who we do see wants to protect uh, uh, Darlene, like because she's the one in that plot. Like, right. Maybe her pimp. For all for all we know, maybe he does feel that way. Maybe he does actually maybe feel protective. And, and and we assume that's where you know Vincent's plot kind of is going. The idea that you know he. We've seen he is ultimately a good person. He, you know, mm. when, you know, when he wanted to protect her at the start of the, the episode, it's like, no, you, you don't go to the bank; it might be dangerous. Yeah. So you know, that's where he'll come in and be like, no, I want to make sure you're a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so, so we, so we have all that stuff. But at the end of the episode, it's actually we cut to Vincent with the redhead in, in the hotel room, uh, loudly having sex. But then they hear a scream. And she's like, you better go check that out. And he's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. And he, so he goes out the hall and he like creeps up to the door and looks into the stairwell. And it's Cece and the prostitute. And 
she's crying, she's bleeding from, well, it looks like the armpit, and I thought yeah. that's very wise. He's, he's cutting a place that's not going to be very visible. Because again, yeah, that's exactly why he's done it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the goods. Like she's there to sell herself. He, he even kind of says, like, you know, I don't want to mark your face. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, that hurts your value. And it's like, yeah, here, here's the reality behind the closed doors. Here's why it's not such a glamorous life. Because even the person who's claiming to protect you will do this. Like yeah. this is this is where it is. And you also get the sense that this comes with age as well. Like you know, Laurie's been treated very well because she's young. She's like twenty two. She's you know here. You're like. Maybe yeah. even younger. And, I have no idea what she's supposed to be, but whereas this one is like, oh no, you're actually getting close to thirty, which isn't actually that old, but in terms of sex work for, for this business, yeah, yeah, that's you know that's that's getting a bit older, and it's like, oh, maybe she's not like pulling in the money as much, you know, as quickly as she used to, you know, right. she's uh, and like the idea that she's unsatisfied with the life, he's maybe not as happy with what she's earning, um, but then there's this idea of jealousy. That's almost um, in an odd way, it reminds me a little bit of. Uh, uh, Raise the Red Lantern, which is not a f- story about prostitutes, but it's a story about uh, a man with a rich man with multiple wives in China, uh, set in whatever time period, you know, not not present day. Um, and the, one of the big things in that movie is that the new wife, who I think is the fourth wife, and she's the youngest, obviously, because she's the newest one, uh, and like the older ones are like jealous, and it's the idea that um, the, the the Raise the Red Lanterns, uh, if like he's in their room that night, so he chooses what night or where he's going to spend his night and which room. Um, and like the older ones get really jealous because they never really go to the, hurt them anymore right. kind of idea and he almost, I was almost getting that kind of feeling here with, with yeah uh, yeah new and young is better yeah and like the idea of how, how that makes her feel and this weird dependence she, she has on him because she has relied on him since this, she probably started in this quote unquote business yeah, yeah. So, so again, all the character stuff very strong, and even from Vincent's point of view, this is the big thing at the end of the episode. As much as we've, we've seen him earlier on, want to help people, want to protect them, and he, he he's looking through the little window in the door, just this little porthole you can see through, and he's looking up, but he gets too scared and he can't intervene because I mean it is dangerous, it's intimidating. Guy you know, stood there with a knife, and he's kind of like, no, this this one ain't for me. Yeah, he's willing to to kill, and he, he sort of walks back. And it, again, it, it feels almost like when he backed down from the the guy with his wife, like he had to kind of suck up his machismo. Yeah. almost. and, and like... he's also like, I think maybe he kind of knows Cece because obviously you know when 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 Cece walks past him, you know as he's going into the room, mm. he says, "Oh, hey, Vincent." It's kind of like because you know they're, they're he's living here and yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like kind a of casual acquaintance, kind of right. So he kind of it. knows him enough by reputation, maybe to know, yeah, maybe I don't want to mess with him. Yeah, and because obviously there's that moment afterwards that the actual final shot is uh, Vincent walks back to his door, but he's not quite went in. He's, he's still standing in the hall, and then CC walks past. He just kind of says hey as he walks past, but he's very stern. It's not this usual sweet talking that we've seen yeah. throughout now. And again, it's the idea that he... Maybe this is the first time he's even seen him like this. Like He's never seen him be this way. Cause yeah, I, or I wonder, you know, CC, he, he's... We've we not really seen him interact with anyone except people who are, you know, pimps or the prostitutes. So you know maybe he puts on that act for all of them, but then when it's just this, this random guy that you know, know, maybe... even even the cop because remember the the, the, the shoe uh, shine no, stand yeah, that's true where he's friendly yeah. I, I get the feelings like that with everyone that's just, that's just the way he projects himself yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm thinking this is maybe the first time that Vincent's seen him be it, even the fact that he went to like a, some quiet stairwell to do this like he he keeps this yeah and shot again off. it's it's the idea that it's like okay now we're seeing the reality yeah. It's like, yeah, so something that... And I, I, maybe it's, it's kind of a metaphor for crime in general. Yeah, organised crime seems like fun, but then, yeah, it's, you know... Right, and and this is kind of presumably why he's going to want to set up 
you know, Vincent wanted to set up this porn stuff. Yeah, and like we talked about how, oh, maybe it's safer for the girls. And I think it's part of him will be, you know, this way of getting them out of the pimp system, yeah, getting well, them out of their. What concerns me though is, though is some of the pimps going to. How are they going to react? Yeah, and come are they going to be unhappy yeah. with this? Like if they're taking the girl, if he's taking the girls from them. Um, so I don't know. Uh, CC specifically, it almost feels like CC despite seeming friendly may actually be like one of the biggest villains of the show like i as think so yeah. yeah i i imagine at first they'll just keep paying the the pimps as in you know like oh yeah, this yeah. is the cut we would have made from being a prostitute but we've got all this extra yeah maybe i have no idea what what you know how they're going to yeah. tackle it what the, what the system's know. going to be like you know is it going to be an outright poaching? Is it going to be like, oh, we'll just want them for the day, so we'll pay you X amount kind of thing? Or yeah, like, we just know. don't know yet. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how that's tackled. And it's, but it's it's funny because I think what the show's clearly done with this first episode is like, no, characters first and foremost. Yeah, those details are fine, and we'll we'll get into those when they're needed. But the characters are first and foremost. Their motivations, where they are, how they think, and I'm like, nah, Vincent, I completely get and. Uh, you know, I'm getting his faults. I'm getting what's driving him, and w- w- you know where he might stumble because of who he is. And you know, CC's revealed himself a little bit, and so on. So, mm. uh, so good stuff. Uh, so I think we'll jump over from there. Uh, well, I think we'll jump to Darlene. We'll go with a, a slightly smaller character compared to maybe the last couple of big ones. Uh, she, she's another prostitute who is doesn't belong to CC. She, she's with uh, I think Larry Brown's that that pimp's name. Uh, but forgive me if I'm maybe mixing it up. With well, we one. get we get a few pimps' names. Yeah, there's there's like three main pimps, uh, and I'd say Larry Brown's the more normal looking one, and then the third one that we've not I don't think I've got the name for. Uh, he's a bit chubbier, and he's got like more facial hair, and he wears a hat, and he's he's got yeah. this again. He's he's got a very kind of stylized look to him. Uh, whereas the, this one is, I mean, he's a little seventies. The hair the haircut's still a bit seventies, but it's more normal seventies, I'd say. Yeah. But uh, but he he uh, he's concerned for her because one one night like she, she gets hit. We, we actually see her like we see her early on like Vincent sees her and says hi to her on the street because she makes a little comment about his his cut or whatever in his head. And, yeah. uh, but she we see her walk into one of the hotel rooms one night and it, it almost plays like a, like a horror movie where this guy walks past her and it's like oh that's kind of tense like you know, does, does he look shifty and then he you know he jump when she goes to open the door he jumps in and as if he's like, attacking her. But then we we go to another scene. And then we come back, and he's just sitting there casually smoking, naked, like completely, you know, butt ass naked. And she's on the bed, and they're just casually talking. And it's very clear that this was a fantasy of his. That this was this was this was part of the the prostitution job of the yeah. night. Uh, but they do bring up that he maybe got in the he got in the moment too much, and he hit her across the face, and uh, like too hard to the point where she's got a bit of a bruise. And he like. I mean, he says he feels bad, but literally his solution is, oh, here's an extra twenty for the. For yeah. the trouble, it, it, it's very demeaning. It's like, oh no, I did that. Sorry, here's twenty dollars to cover it. It is. Uh, it, it's very demeaning, and it's very. And I, this is what I was talking about when I was like, even before we get to the end of the episode, this is where the uglier side of the the, the world starting to seep through. Where we see what it's really like, what the, you know, how that makes her feel, and you know, it's it's very conflicting because she kind of tries to protect him as well. Because you know, when her pimp's like, no, no, I'm I'm going to you know treat yeah, this. And she was like, no, you just got too into it. It's fine. It won't happen again. Yeah, and he's like, like if if this does happen a second time, he's getting messed up. Like he, yeah, he'll he will know about it. But she kind of sticks up for him. She's like, oh, he's a regular, he's fine. He's just leave leave him be. Um, but she, I think she has a very interesting. I I think she's going to be a very interesting character going forward because she, 
I think we'll see maybe a variety of clients from her. Like, I feel like, whereas Candy, it's more her story. And while I'm sure Darlene will have her own story, I feel like in this episode alone, we have him who's got the fantasy. Uh, and it's very sort of unique. And even just this character as well, like, as much as we see a lot of naked people on HBO, how many times do we see like a guy who's this fat, naked? No, that's true. Not as often, you know. I'm sure someone will point an episode or something out to me, but like, not as often. It's not as common. Usually, typically, the people who are naked, they hire people who are pretty in decent shape and are usually attractive. It's just pretty normal. That's the, that's the practice. Game, Game of Thrones had naked Hodor. Do you remember Hodor? He's the big, the big giant who just says Hodor. <laughs> no idea. You watched a season and a half. You should have some recollection. I I, I remember uh, Sean Bean. Good start. I, I remember uh, Amelia Clark can't act. I remember. Why are we talking about Game of Thrones? Let's, let's, let's stop this. I, I was just, <laughs> I'm just saying how much I can bring it up. I remember. I remember. Prodding you on this. I remember most of the Starks, but that's mainly because I've just they're popping up everywhere. Ah, Hodor was with the Starks. Was he okay? Yeah. Fair enough. Can we move on now? Can we get back to it? We can, we can. It was, it, it was relevant. Anyone else who's seen Game of Thrones will will, will see the relevancy. Sure. Uh, but then later on in the episode, uh, she has another client, who, again, very interesting, different as well, because this is, this is an older man who just has paid her to come and watch a movie with him. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're sitting and watching. I think it's Hunchback of Notre Dame, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong, though, but I think that's what it is. Uh, and he, they're, just, they're just casually talking and he's like oh maybe we'll watch this other thing next time and then after the movie's done she's like alright oh, do you want me to do anything you know this, this time and, and you get the impression that in the past they have done stuff it doesn't feel like yeah. it doesn't feel like they've never done anything but she's like you sure you don't want me to leave in a hand job and he's like no it's fair I just wanted to watch the movie and yeah, she, she feels more like an escort than a prostitute in this scene sure yeah, yeah. and he's like oh do you want any more pizza and she's like nah and she, and she gets up and she's like, look, the amount of time this takes to sit and watch a movie is kind of like the, you know, the same amount of time it would, I'd have two or three clients. So, you, you know, you have to... It's going to cost a bit more. Yeah, so, so it, it pays. And Although it, she kind of, like, phrases it really nicely. She's like, can you just give me an advance and I'll come by next week and give you something free? Yeah, yeah, she she she, she approaches it in a really gentle way and... And part of that may be just because, depending on who the client is, she may have to be gentle or, you know, the, the guy might react in a bad way. Whereas I don't feel like this guy was ever in, in danger. You know, he nah. seemed like a nice old man, honestly, from what we've seen of him. It, it, that's it. He was lonely. He wanted someone to watch a film with him. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's showing part of the service that it can offer. Like it's Not all of it's as seedy. As, as much as maybe there has been sexual stuff going on with them in the past when he has had her over. But this felt a, a lot more like uh, almost sweet... I mean, sure, there is this weird awkwardness after when, when he's paying her and like she's asking for more money and even you get from her, she feels a wee bit guilty asking for more money. It's like, it, you almost get that she probably enjoyed sitting and watching this movie with him. It was probably a nice yeah. appointment for her. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like, maybe she's a bit afraid of her pimp as well. Like, Oh, sure, yeah, I it's like, like Like, I know I did my job and, you know, this is technically our agreement, but... Especially since that's when she keeps the pimp, because the, the pimp's all sort of waiting a spot for all the, all the girls yeah. at the end of the night, and she keeps him waiting, like, an extra... Like, it's daylight by the time she it runs is, yeah. out to him. Uh, and he he lets it go because he sees the amount of money. He's like, oh, that's actually... You know, and that's because she got that extra. Had she shown up with the regular amount, it might have not went as smoothly. Right. So, you know, um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, so that that was her stuff. 
then we'll go we'll go to we'll go to Megan Gyllenhaal's character Candy, who who we see as the sort of the more veteran prostitute. And I'm not just saying that because she's a little bit older. Uh, just in that she's independent. She's been doing this a while. She has rules. She has and she has a son. We find that she has a son. Uh, that she doesn't live with her son, that the son's with her parents, uh, yes. seemingly. And we we see, like, she's, she's, she's t- like, one of the pimps is trying to, you know, the, the, the chubbier pimp is trying to, like, talk her into, like, sort of coming under his wing, and she's like, no, nope, don't do it, and you know, that's the first introduction we get to her. And then we have, of course, the scene with the young kid. Uh, again, I shouldn't say young kid, the, the 18-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and again, very awkward. His friends have all chipped in, like here, like you know, how much is yeah. it? Forty dollars, right? So, and again, this this also goes back to you know how you talk about you know the the pimps click, picking their clientele, like the ones that the clientele will want, not just mm. the ones that they want, because you know they come up and and you know one woman walks over and they're like, no, we want we we want her. Yeah, and so, it, so, it kind of so, seems like the pimps are like you know trying to find women who look like her. To you know they're like, oh, she's the top of the game. We want to emulate that. Yeah, kind of. Again, it's treating like product. What, what's popular? Let's duplicate it. Yeah, she she's the trend. Yeah, yeah. To put, again, it feels very demoralizing talking this way, but that's kind of the, the that's, what they're working. That, that, yeah, that's in. the point of the show here. Yeah. So, so they go up to the room, and I, I like that this scene doesn't cut ahead. It actually shows them going in, getting the key to the room, walking up the stairs, walking to because you cannot. You, it puts you in the the, the position of, the, of the, the young kid, like you're in his head, and you feel yeah. the kind of the the awkward tension as he's been led up to this room, presumably for his first time, his first sexual encounter. I, I mean, that's the impression I was getting. Given uh, how I did too. He, he was very, very uh, unsure. Unsure, and as we see very soon, uh, uh, quick, quick to shoot, in, in, inexperienced, <laughs> quick That's to fire. Yeah, uh, kind way of saying it. Um, um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm just not, not, not to be overly ashamed about. It. Admittedly. Uh, when you've paid for it, because that's kind of what the scene turns into, yeah. is, you know, it, again, it's very awkward. She, like, takes off her top and she, she puts his hand, puts his hand, you know, takes his hand and puts it on her breast and he's like, oh, you can touch my breast and you can do all that. Uh, it's very awkward. It's very slow. It's very quiet. And you, you feel, and I'm doing, I'm doing hand motions. <laughs> Stop it. Um, yeah, it's making it weird. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very awkward. And she goes, goes for his cock. And she's, and she's, again, she's trying to, like, and it, it, you get the feeling this is not the first time she's had someone like this because she's she's trying to make him feel comfortable, feel better. Right, because you know when when the the other prostitute comes up to her, goes, "Oh, it's a it's a birthday boy." It's like you know the idea is like, oh, "Okay, you know what you're doing." Yeah, they, they've Prepare all had these these types of clients yeah. before, and she's like, "Oh, you need to put a condom." Again, this is the the business part of it. It needs to be safe. You need to wear a condom. Um, but then she does it in a sexy way. She puts it in her mouth, and she's like, oh, "I'll put it on," and it's like, "Oh." It's... And of course, she she gets close, and that's when he. And I I like there's a little joke here in the editing where it, it cut to like a train, uh, like going past really quick as he like uh, climaxes, and uh, but when it cuts back to the scene, he's like, uh, "You know, just give me a couple of minutes, and we can try again." And she's like, "No, you know, what, you know." It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. If you if you're gonna pay again, yeah, what one? So it's only another thirty. You know, don't need to pay for the room again. Yeah, what one one uh, one ticket, one ride, as, as yes. she puts it. And he's like, yeah, but you didn't really do anything. That it just kind of happened before we got you know, got to. It. And she uses this analogy of selling cars. Yes, because she you know, it's like, what, what what did your dad do? And he's like, yeah, yeah it was a dealership. Yeah, oddly, you know, obviously, he's like, oh well, if he, if the guy picks the car really quick, does he give it to him for cheap? Because it was you know it was easier. It wasn't in the same you know. Whereas someone else comes in and asks to test drive like ten cars and keeps them there talking for like you know five hours. 
like you know, it wouldn't lower the price of the car if you know if they ended up with the same car right. as the other person. I'd also say the one that took all the time is the one more likely to get a discount because they were taking the time because they were so indecisive, and you'd be like, maybe maybe I'll throw in a little bit of a discount, and then it's like that. I had to convince, convince them because you're haggling. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe where the metaphor falls a bit flat because it does. I, it, I may have picked it apart a bit too much. Because in that case, you're negotiating before you get what you're asking for. Maybe if he'd negotiated first, where he's like, no, it has to include actual sex with actual, like you know, yeah, yeah, missionary yeah, yeah. and you know, whatever. But that, that, that's wants. his fault for, for not yeah. clarifying, not not setting the terms of the contract. Uh, but like, but the funny thing is, I can, I can, you know, you can equally see it from his point of view, kind of thing. Um, right, as far as he's concerned, it's it's kind of unfair. Like he says, it's you know, yeah, it's, it's, not fair. Yeah, it's not he, fair. He paid for the, you know, and you know, he he expects a certain amount of time rather than just a service. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not that I would argue with her. I think it's a fine rule to have. Uh, it is, but like I say, you can see how some of them might charge by time. Like you know, like the different ways of doing it. It's like, do you, do you charge for a, you know, like you get you get one go or you get an hour. Yeah, I think, to be fair, I, I feel like this is the low-rent ver. I feel like higher-class prostitutes are by time. Yeah. You know, class. you 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 buy, like, four hours, or you buy, like, a whole night kind of thing, and yeah. you can do whatever you want for that time, but, you know, once the time's up, the time's up. Right. Uh, which is maybe what a premature ejaculator like this young lad should probably <laughs> be going for. Right, and it also plays into, you know, that the old man who just kind of wants to watch a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should be paying for ninety minutes. He should be paying more because he's paying, you know, the, the time, which is kind of what that scene got into. It's like maybe the, I need more money for this, and maybe this guy, maybe he should be paying less in in theory. But then again, it, it, then you kind of compare it. It's like to again make comparisons to other things that don't quite add up. But like, like we used to pay. Most people used to pay for internet, you know, for how much you use of it. But then eventually, people went, oh, no, that's not really fair, and it just racks up. Like, no, let's just pay a set fee. Yeah, it's kind of like and you get phones, service. isn't it? You know, yeah. you, you know, you used to do like pay as you go. It's like oh, okay, yeah. I'll pay for every text I send. But now, and now contracts, it's like, no, yeah. you pay a monthly fee, and it's like, right, that's it. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's like a debate of like, what do you charge by? Do you charge by the orgasm, or do you charge by like the time? Right. Yeah, that's essentially what the, the, the and, debate and is. And Candy has clearly decided. You know, yeah. I'm charging by the orgasm. That's it. And I think there's, I think there's an argument to be made for for both, really. There is, but but the point is, she's she's picked. She's like, nope, this is what it is. Yeah, this which, is the situation. Yeah, which I mean, no, as much no, as, no haggling. With as that. much as we're picking picking it apart and saying, oh, maybe our argument doesn't quite add up. Uh, you know, there's, there's two sides to it, and but hers is equally as valid. The point of the scene is not actually that. The point of the scene is that she is a businesswoman, kind of like how Vincent's a businessman. She thinks about it in these terms. She has her rules. She has them set. She she's picked. You're you're on pay as you go. You're not on a contract. Yeah. Maybe she could have made that clear first, but seemingly this is just the norm for all these girls and yeah. this, you know, the streetwalker uh, yes. type, for example. That, that seems to be what the rules are. And uh, he, he, he kind of tries to haggle, and she doesn't let it. And she, she kind of feels bad for him. You can see she feels a little bit bad for him. He's embarrassed. He's not, not got what he was hoping for, what he was excited mm-hmm. about. And then he's like, "Oh wait, I got a check from my grandma. <laughs> can I, can I use this?" And I'm like, "I'm pretty sure prostitutes don't accept checks." And she even kind of indicates that as well. But then she's like, yeah, but for you. Because she feels bad. It's like, you know, again, it's it maybe the idea that she, yeah, she's a business person. She's very strict about a lot of things. But she's nice enough that she'll maybe bend it to... Bend a it point. a little bit just when it's like, okay, I'm still getting money. Yeah. It's, he's still paying for the service. 
but maybe, you know, but maybe it's an indication that she's willing to try something else, and maybe maybe she'll become one of the actresses in the porn movie because it's a different avenue. She's willing yeah. to maybe look at it and go, okay, if this isn't working as much as, and that's the thing, we see her go home like in the morning, I guess, rather than at the end of the night, and it's daylight, and she takes off the wig, and she looks just miserable. Like this yeah. is hard. We even, I think we even see like our. our uh, you know, our budget, like she's got like our, our finances out and she's yeah. like writing in our numbers, which is just actually really funny to think about a prostitute going home and filling out a, an Excel spreadsheet about the, the day's earnings, but you know, that's essentially you gotta, you gotta what do what you gotta do if you ain't got a pimp. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's 1971, so it's pen and paper, but same, same difference. Yeah. Um, so, you know, fun, not fun, fun is not the right word, but you know, interesting, intriguing ideas and it is, it's presenting them all in, uh, in this way. And of course, uh, later on in the episode, her sort of final chunk is she actually goes home to, uh, or goes to her parents' house, and she sees her son, and she sees, and obviously her mother knows what she does, and yeah. she's not happy with what she does. She tries to like suggest maybe do something else. Your son needs you around. This life, you know, all 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 the things you would expect a parent to say to try and talk their 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 kid out of this life, and she almost again she's like almost like ashamed to even look at her son because when she thinks he's asleep. She's like, oh no, I'll just, I'll just go. I'll leave the present. It's his birthday. I'll just leave it. I'll go. Uh, but it's no, he's already woke up. Go up and see him, and she does. And you know, when she's with her son, it's very sweet. She hugs him, and it feels very genuine. She has a mother. It's not. Yeah, like, like I say, you know what I said. She was almost playing two characters. It's the idea that yeah. she is completely different here at home than she is in as in character as Candy at work. And I, and I think a big point of this show as well, maybe, is to show that, uh, and it. This, this should seem obvious, but prostitutes are still human beings and have all these. Like, I think it's very easy to dismiss them as oh, they're just prostitutes. They're just this is all yeah, they right, are. Right, because it's it's the the act that they're putting on that they're presenting, and yeah. it's easy to get lost in the act. Yeah. Whereas here we see she goes home and fills out a budget because she has to pay for her bills, and yeah. she she has to like you know, and she has a son. She has these concerns. She has these worries. She's ashamed to a point of what she does. You know, so it, it's just, it's interesting to look at these different things. And that'll take us to Abby, who's the, the college student, uh, who the first time we see her, she's in the lecture, and the lecturer is going on about things. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, fallacies. And I remember the word fallacies coming up a lot. Stuff that went over my head. That doesn't narrow it down, to be fair. It doesn't, does it? So, uh, but you know, he gets distracted because she's kind of making the, the eyes at him, and she's kind of, you know, she's playing with the pen, and she's being kind of all sexy. By the way, I recognised her as well. She was in Adventureland. That, that turned out to be where I knew her from. So so we got someone from The Leftovers, someone from The Monster, the horror movie from last year, and then someone from uh, Adventureland. So, no. Uh, just a lot of faces. Interesting, I guess. No, I just, I was, it was it's weird when it happens like several times like back to back like that, where I'm like, oh, there's someone yeah. else I recognise. Oh, there's someone oh, else I recognise. Uh, so... He gets distracted and then she kind of like, because he says, oh, what was I talking about? And she's the one who says, oh, you were talking about this. Uh, and then the next scene we see of them, uh, they're having sex. And again, we said, it's a bit more normal uh, to a point where, you know, they're having sex. He's a little concerned, like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this, you're my student. And I'm like, you know, so many years older than you and whatever. Um, and she's a lot more casual about sex. She's kind of because she's making fun of his his old face. She's like, "Oh, you should see when you're looking at your face when you finished." And oh, this would be silly if it wasn't you know so much fun and blah 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 blah. Uh, but interestingly, there's this weird implication at one point 
where he's talking about oh, like, the, the papers coming up and she makes this little comment about oh well at least I don't have to worry about that now or so, no it wasn't that exact line but it was kind of he gives this this look back it's like wait what that's what this was yeah, for yeah yeah but but then she does kind of play it off you know she she repeats some of those you know phrases that we heard vaguely <clears throat> in the lecture it's like and she's like see another jargon yeah so it's maybe just setting up the idea that she's not necessarily opposed to using sex to get something right you know, so just even if she's not being deadly serious in that scene, it's setting up the idea that she's at least familiar with the idea of using sex for something, and she's not. You know, it's there. It's in her head. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then later on, we see her with friends, and you know, they they want to get drugs and stuff. So they they and they, they run out of what they have. So they they go to this this dealer, and they make her go and try and purchase. But unfortunately for her, there's cops staking the guy out, so that she gets arrested with the guy. And our friends drive off. I mean, not much they can do, though. Really, was there? Not much they can do, but it still feels cold, you know. It does, but at the same time, it's like, well, what are they going to do? Jump out and go, hey, no, she, we're with her. Arrest us too. They could have still just sat in the car, so it's just so she didn't have that crushing feeling of them driving off and abandoning her. And seeing that you would side with them, just I want to point that out. I'm, I'm not surprised. Saying, uh, I'm not I'm, surprised. I'm looking at it logically, it just. Uh, can't blame them. Sometimes, like, uh, well, why, why, why drag everyone else down? Some, sometimes logic is cold. You, you forget the human core of what's going on. People I see ju- it. I just, uh, I just, I take the logical one on this one. People, people say I'm robot-like for my lack of emotions at times. This is just a stunning display of just, just no consideration for your fellow human being. It's just shocking. It's appalling, quite frankly. Look, sometimes things are a lost cause, and you might as well just go, right, well, cut your losses. <clears throat> so, she, she goes to the police, and we mentioned earlier that this, this cop that arrested because she sits there waiting about, she's with uh, this uh, cop that we've seen already, the same officer who was at the uh, the, the shoe shine bit, and he sort of interacted with the pimps, and they kind of make fun of him for being a cop, and it's, it's, it's showing that there's a sort of banter there, but obviously, again, it's this idea there's a working relationship, because he probably has to interact with them a lot. Yeah, they all know what each other are doing. But yeah. it's kind of like, here, now, we're all off duty, we're all equal. And you get, you get the sense, though, that like, if you need, like, like you need info, not in the pimp business, but let's say he was looking for someone like they, they might have seen, he might go to them, and they might offer up some friendly advice that's you know, un, you know, informal and off yeah. the, off the like record. I say, it was, you know, they, were, they were making fun of each other, but it was still rather friendly, and you know, they were all sat together on the row. You know, they were all equal sitting there getting their shoes shined. Yeah, 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 to a point, yeah. Uh, so he, he's sitting there and he, he's basically just like, what, you're a college student, you go, you go to NYU, you're smarter than this, this was dumb, like, why are you doing this? And obviously she didn't actually want to do it, <laughs> She, she, this wasn't her idea. Um, and she mentions she's got a big test in the morning, she's got midterms she, she was meant to be studying for. And that, that's all a cop comes out that arrested her, he's, he's in, you know, his civvy clothes and he's like, oh, we'll go for a drink. Yeah, it's like, it's your lucky day, I, I can't be bothered doing all this. Yeah. So he takes a drink, which is where she meets Vincent, and you know, eventually he just leaves because she's like, "Oh, I'll just stay here. I'll hang out here for a bit." And he leaves and, his and, number. And, and also, like as this goes on, it becomes very clear that she really wasn't interested in the drugs, because you know, Vincent oh, yeah. offers it her, and she's like, "No, nah, it was for the friends, and I don't really care." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's just talking about, "Oh, so I was meant to stay up all night studying," and to an extent, that was true. She didn't need to stay up all night studying. Uh, but the cop leaves. He, he gives her a number, which. Vincent actually, when he realizes that she has no interest in it, she's like, eh, just ruffles it up. I'll get rid of this. Gone. 
so obviously they have this meeting in their minds, and again, her 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 way of thinking, his way of thinking, might actually kind of coexist quite nice. You know, they might might bond over their their shared kind of interests, which they we already see them doing to a point. But what I mean is, his business side, uh, her kind of desire to do something different, because of course, when she goes to her test the next morning, she's just getting there in time, and she is. I mean, she's a little bit late, but you know, she gets to the door, and you can hear the the examiners like saying okay here's the rules you know don't do this you know the, the, you know, the usual speech you get at the start of an exam yeah. and so she's right there at the start so she's not like super late but she you know she almost walks in she sees her friend sitting there and she makes the choice to back away and she walks down the hall it's like she's making this choice that yeah this is what i'm supposed to do but i don't actually know if i want to actually do this with my life yeah it's the idea that she was going through the system because it was just what was expected yeah, and she doesn't want to be a part of that system. She she doesn't like right. the system. Again, it comes in with you know with candy like like that that thematic link where it's like, and and obviously Vince as well. It's like yeah, we we we're all playing the system, and everyone else we're just expected to, but well, we're gonna do something different. Obviously, they're all in different stages of that. Yeah, and I can see them all coming together. Like I can you know if Candy ends up being the performer, kind of kind of idea. Yeah. Uh, but no, so. Again, all, all these characters really well defined, really well set up. Like, you know, she has an arc in this episode where she decides, you know what, I'm just kind of faking this college thing. I'm just not mm. going to do it. It's not me. Um, you know, Vincent has an arc. Uh, Candy, maybe not so much an arc, but it, really, it reveals like she has a lot more going on and she has these doubts and she has this other life. Like, she has something to fight for. She has a reason to get out of it. Yeah. So. No, so really well-defined character. Is, is there any characters that I've missed uh, along the way that you want to talk about? I don't think I have. I've had all the main ones, but... No, I think we hit everyone that we needed to, or any, at least the ones that yeah. I would have mentioned. Yeah, any scenes that I've lost? I don't think so, but just in case. So there was a lot to take in. This was an 80-minute pilot, so there was a lot lot of stuff in there. Yeah, and uh, to its credit, it never felt long. No. Like, you know, you didn't feel the length. It was well-paced, well like you mentioned earlier, well-directed. Well well paced, well directed, well acted. Uh, like I say, budget looks it's very uh, stylish in the fact that it looks like the seventies. It legitimately feels that way. Yeah, it's one of those where it needed the eighty minutes to establish all these characters because, as we've clearly mm. you know gone through here, there is a lot of them, but and they're all well defined. But you need that time to do that. Yeah, so, like, it, it doesn't feel like it's long for the sake of it, which I think sometimes these extra long pilots can be. They they, they can be, but. Certainly. This one definitely isn't there. You know, it, it uses time wisely. So, and like we say, we talked about how it doesn't even start to kind of set up where they're actually going to be going with the plot. And that's, and I think that just shows you how how much they they needed this, or at least how much the, at least these writers in particular want to give to the characters. Where no, we're not going to talk about that yet. We want to just take this time to actually build these people, so yeah, that you understand them. They're very confident in what they're doing. Where you know, other than the hmm. hints of what it's going to be, if you know. They don't mention like the you know the, the the video porn industry at all. They don't. the 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 only time it really comes up is when Frankie's walking down the street. He's walking down like the, the theater sort of street, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you see a couple of the titles on the the thing. There's also a couple of uh, non-porn as well. There was a uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage, which is a Dario Argento movie. Decent little mm-hmm. flick. Good little horror movie. Yeah. So uh, these ideas are there, but yeah. it's not actually touched on in any you know, obviously way. thematically it's like oh of course it's there yeah. um and also just just one point of nudity i want to add in here because this one was intentionally kind of very surprising and sudden as i seen earlier on where vincent's just walking through the street and he walks past a, a phone 
you know, a phone box. And he, as he's getting closer, there's a guy on the phone, and you kind of see like he's a little bit of motion, just enough to get, oh, also he's getting a blowjob, like someone's down there. And then he walks past, and he actually looks down as he walks past, and sure enough, there's a woman there, and she's actually holding the dick. Like, yeah. you know, she's holding it out, and it's like, and I think that's kind of the point of this is how casual it is in this world. Like, this is yeah, how... especially in this area of the city, and you know, this time, it's like, this is just it. No, yeah. The, in this neighborhood at this time of night in New York City, that this is just what the world's like. It's clearly showing you what this world is. Uh, so that one especially sticks out as being kind of because you know all the other times it kind of they built up to it or there was context for it. Whereas here it was just like, oh, here's just random. Yeah, again, this was like you know how I said how sometimes there's more in the first episode because it's proving yeah. the point. It's like just showing you know like we're not we're not shying away from this. This is the the blunt reality. Yeah, and that that, that moment very much so was what that was. So. No, uh, that's the, the episode one of the Deuce, which uh, it's good. really good. Yeah, no, yeah. and I, I shouldn't be surprised. The Wire is excellent, which you've not seen, but I, I have watched all of The Wire. Uh, it's very, very, very good. Uh, but I, I would say a, a very strong candidate for a, a an already cancelled someday. There's a lot to get through. There's a lot there's to get a- through. Uh, so someone suggested Six Feet Under, and that's actually perfect because neither of us have seen that one. So. Uh, that would be a perfect one to do at some point, but um, but no. So that's episode one. Obviously, I think it's very clear that we're going to keep keep doing this. It's just a shame we've got to wait like what three weeks. <laughs> that's the downside of getting early. That said, um, it's the same night something else premieres, so I'm actually kind of glad that at the very least this will already be tenth. done. Uh, what the tenth, I think, is is the Orville. The Orville, so, yeah. So you know, there's another thing. This clearly would have had priority anyway. Sure, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, but no, it's very good. I I recommend you check it out. Uh, strong character drama, um, and it's nice that something this high quality just snuck in just as Twin Peaks is about to end. It's a good time, isn't it? Nice yeah, Game, Game of Thrones just finished, and it's like, here, let's have this as well. Yeah, so you know, never, never, never count out HBO to give you something good on a Sunday night. It's, it's, and that slot's got to be filled. Yeah, um, and we're not getting Westworld till early next year, so it had to be something else. How, do we know how many episodes this is? I haven't actually looked into uh, it very eight. much because it's snuck up. It's eight, okay. Eight episodes, um, and I don't, I do not think it's a limited series. I think it is clearly with the potential of. That was going to be my next question. So I have not heard anyone refer to it as a limited series. It seems like it is a season one. Like, okay, good. So, I, I mean, there's not been green lighting of anything else, obviously, as most season but, ones don't but, have. But... but it's not planned as just, no, this is it. No. Uh, and honestly, that makes sense to me, given who's involved. Because, you know, The Wire was, was five seasons, uh, and there was more episodes, in fact. The Wire was, uh, I want to say, it varied a little bit. I think that the longest one was, like, 13, but most of them were about 10. But, you know, it was ten, all in ten, that. 10's normal for HBO. Yeah, no, 10's normal for HBO. Um, but... You know, so no, they're going eight with this. Maybe that, maybe that's just a money thing. Like, oh, this is how much this is going to cost per episode more because of the time period. So it could be, or or also could be a case of you no, know, this is the story for the first season. You know, this is what we've got. It, yeah, it could be. It's eight episodes. That's but, it. But on top of that, you've got Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Franco. You've got people who are movie actors. Aye, aye, so. they'll, they'll, they'll take a fee. I, I was even just talking in terms of money. I'm just talking in terms of how how often are they free Budget in the time? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more time rather than. Oh, yeah. uh, we, we we know HBO can throw money at movie actors. Oh, know, they can. As, yeah. as much as they want. We see it all the time. 
Uh, but at the same time, crazy, they're, they're not huge stars either. They're kind of right at that nice line where they can do a lot of TV. Franco, as we mentioned, did uh, the miniseries last year. Uh, right. 112263. Again, uh, someone else with a lot of budget. Yeah, and, and Gyllenhaal... Uh, yeah, she's in a lot of movies, but she doesn't. You know, she's the type of actress who does a lot of indie movies. She does a lot of low budget. Yeah, she's stuff never as well. had a big, you know, like a big breakout movie where it's like this is her public, you know, mainstream that everyone knows it. Yeah, but I, I think fans of movies and fans of like you know like her, I like her a lot. Like I, oh, uh, I think she's great. Secretary is a fantastic film. If you've not seen Definitely. that, that's uh, one of her earlier stuff from uh, two thousand two. It's a really good movie. That's yeah, basically the movie that Fifty Shades of Grey wishes it was. Basically. Pretty much, it's it's what if you if you take that subject matter and make it good. Exactly. In fact, the male character in it is even called Mr. Grey. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think they should be suing uh, Stephanie Meyer, quite frankly. There's a lot of, lot of interesting parallels I, I would make. Then, then again, I'm saying that having never seen Fifty Shades of Grey or read Fifty Shades of Grey, because of course I've, I've not done that. I've seen a trailer and that, that's enough. Because of course I would never do that to myself. Why would I? <laughs> so... Uh, but here we are. So no, Juice is very good. Uh, by all means, uh, let us know what you think of it in the comments below. Uh, we will be back for episode two in a few weeks' time when it does. So obviously, the tenth is when this episode airs. So it'll be the seventeenth uh, when episode two airs. So it'll be then or maybe the day after where we uh, have a review up of that, and then obviously week to week from then on. So there you go. Uh, let us know what you think, uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv, uh, you can do that over there, but otherwise, guys, that is us, so thank you once again, and uh, I just, uh, the last couple of things we've done, I've, I've done a little spin on the, the, the catchphrase, you know, I've mm. added a little thing in from the show to kind of spice it up, well actually in Twin Peaks, because I just replaced it, because it had a good line, but... You know, but, you know, for the tech, I did a, you know, I, just, I done an extra word because it, it fit. I'm just trying to think of what the prostitute version of "Have you got any vanilla?" is. And that'll be thirty dollars. <laughs>